welcome to Wrestling Chat with Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your favorite time of the week, Wrestling Chat with Friends. Sheets, no DJ noises this week? Nope. Went silent. Early contender for heel of the week because he didn't make the DJ noises. It's okay. You know what? Even without the DJ noises, this is your favorite heel in heels, Megan Rickman Blackwood. And as always, I am joined by my two favorite co-hosts, Cheats Two Belts. Two Belts. Elliot got him back. You got got all Atlantic. All Atlantic. It's going to be about sixteen belts by the time I'm done. Yeah, I mean you're 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 collecting belts, but we also have Elliot. The Collector. What's up, Elliot? What's up, friends, lovers, mothers, and other strangers? I'm The Collector. My collector's choice this week, because I think we're going to talk about it today. This is from Series 2. This is the John Moxley first AEW figure. Wearing a belt that he may wear again in the near future. But I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Let's get it on, guys. You didn't do your normal thing. You're like, I'm here. I'm a Count, I'm counted. I'm accountable. Well, That's my I'm trying to shake it up. I was trying something different. Obviously, I need to go back to it. Go Done. back to the original. Knock Feed, it out for me. Feedback accepted. I'm here. I'm present. I'm accounted for, and I'm accountable. Let's get it on. Bang. Anytime a white man says he's accountable, I'm like, that's my people. That is my people. Real quick, really, Megan, don't think for one second that Cheats and I didn't forget that you had a birthday this past weekend. That so is true. That keep is an true. eye, keep an eye in the mail because you may be the collector next week. Show off. Well, I, I don't normally like to show off my collection, but I did get a new Hangman Ranch t-shirt there this it week. It was one of my birthday presents, so I had to rock it for the show. Um, I'm going to actually, normally, you know, we take some time and we, we, we talk some shit and then we bring on our guests, but I'm just too excited because there are far too few women um, occupying the space of commentary, commentating on. Cheech, you jumped the gun. I was going to give her a whole big intro. We were going to do some pyro, and you just brought her on. But hey, our friend of the week, we always are so happy to have friends join us. So you guys, please give a warm welcome to the editor and chief of Women's Wrestling Talk, Dion Miss Santana. Uh, you saved it. That was a good one. For me, he does a, He does the, the DJ sounds for me. I love that. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> now, I, I wanted you to give the intro, but I I I didn't want to her. To, I didn't want Miss Tanner to feel like we were talking about her without her on this. Like I wanted you to do the intro, but I wanted to bring her on early. So you. Can I was hoping we had some sort of like cool cut where it was like a spiral on or something. <laughs> The production budget for this is not that. <laughs> That's why we make our DJ noises with our mouths. Miss Santana, one half of the tag team, the Salt Shakers, your favorite post everything show. They always come on and break down stuff. We are thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to have you here. Really quick, give the people a rundown of who you are, what you do. I got some notes. But let's let's let you have the floor. <laughs> uh, well, first and foremost, my name is Drian Santana. I am one half of the only dominating tag team in women's wrestling talk history. The Salt Shakers. So, I'm represented for my tag partner Nikki Bougie, who is probably watching right now because she's at work. 
So shout out to you. Um, I am the editor-in-chief of Women's Wrestling Talk as well as hosting. So I deal with the writing and hosting side of things. Um, so when do I sleep? Never. Honestly, not at all. <laughs> well, um, we absolutely have been deep diving on Women's Wrestling Talk. I'm uh, The reason Cheats even talked me into doing this is because there's not a lot of women in this space. It's growing um, they're starting to be all female productions. Shout out Thunder Rosa. Shout out to AJ Mendez. Um, but uh, what you guys are doing is just amazing. Um, so I went through and I read quite a few of the interviews. You guys have had some really big names uh, that you had a chance to interview. Anna Jay, Mickey James, Penelope Ford. Um, who has been your best interview? And then who is your dream get? Like who would be like your dream interview? Um, I would just say my favorite interview that I've done uh, would have to be with uh, Mercedes Martinez. Um, she's she's everything, honestly, and actually having a chance to interview her and talk to her a little bit more about, you know, her having her own wrestling school and stuff like that for like women. Um, I thought it was amazing. And I would have to say my my dream interview would have to be with Bianca Belair. I mean, I had a chance to kind of do like a two minute interview with her. But I want like a full length interview with Bianca Belair. I think I'm probably the only person who can do her justice in the interview. Shout out to those who have, but you know, when she does, it's totally different. <laughs> if if there's anyone that listens to Wrestling Chat with Friends that can hook that up, make it happen. Because I can just. Uh, your interview style is great. Your writing style is great. Um, so I would absolutely love to see that. Now, you guys are huge supporters of women. And uh, we have a little bit of lady controversy going on uh, a while back with the Sasha and Naomi walkout. And one of the things I saw that I am just obsessed with is Meek the Madge's support for Naomi, the the We Ride for Naomi. Um, first off, the the piece itself was was great. Um, and I give you tons of kudos for, for curating good work and supporting your, your writers and stuff like that. Um, you guys have some amazing merch. It's We Ride for Naomi. Yeah. Can you tell the people about that? Um, tell them a little bit about where, where you guys are standing in support and then where they can buy the T-shirt, which is amazing. Yeah, of course. So uh, with Meek, uh, Mika, who is one of our writers and a, a personal friend of mine, um, when that piece was wrote was written, it was during the time when Naomi had her feud with Sonya Deville. A lot of people were not too fans of how it was going, and we definitely were not the biggest fans of how Naomi was being treated or how she has been treated over the years. Like to her, I, I told her that she's like a legend. She's a vet. Like she's been around for ten plus years. She she knows what it's like. She's been through different areas of the women's division, and. Uh, you know, kind of just sparked the idea. TK, who's our uh, CEO, um, which we like to, I consider her our Vix McMahon uh, or Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> so um, she decided that we needed to do something for Naomi, kind of just, you know, in the midst of her getting the title opportunity against Charlotte Flair, which she was unsuccessful in, but they put on a amazing match, um, which kind of sparked that piece for, for Mika to write it because Mika is a, a huge fan of Naomi and it was only right for her to do it and it came out perfectly perfect like I don't think nobody else could have written it but but Mika so shout out to her for doing an amazing job on that even to the point where Naomi saw it and she said that the night before she had her match I think it was either with Sonya Deville it was something she said it was something that she needed 
And so mm -hmm. that's, that was amazing to have Naomi see that and say that this is something that she needed. So came along with the merch when we ride for Naomi and you can get that on womensrightsandtalk.com in our merch section. Um, it was just something that it was like a campaign for Naomi. I mean, a lot of people we see a, uh, with Naomi, she gets a lot of heat for a lot of things that she's not responsible for. And whether it's people talking about her in-ring ability, her complexion, it just it's just a lot of negativity and a lot of nasty people in this world. Um, and you really get to see a lot of their true colors when negative things happen to these wrestlers. You really do. Um, and so to be able to have our team just put something like this together for Naomi, it means a lot because if, if nobody's going to stand up for women, women are going to stand up for women at the end of the day, black women at that. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was made to happen. And, um, we we had a lot of people like buy the shirts and everything. Um, we also have another shirt called um, not just women's wrestling, but this is professional wrestling, which is like our main mm -hmm. shirt that we wear. Um, so you we got a whole commercial for it too. If you check out our uh, website and on our Instagram, like it was it was nice to be able to do something like that for Naomi and to have her be so accepting of it too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you you hit the nail on the head. Like she gets blamed for a lot of stuff that doesn't belong to her, even as far as like her husband getting DUIs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like people want to tie that to her. There was the whole stuff with Cameron years ago. And um, she has just been an amazing star pretty much nonstop since she uh, touched stage as a Funkadactyl. So um, just seeing y'all uh, give her that support. And it's crazy because you said that came out a while ago and I read it and I was like, oh, this is in response to the Sasha stuff, right? Like this is in response to the walkout. Wait, um, it just, it right? just still be relevant with Sasha and Naomi walking out. And it's just the fact that, you know, it was, it was a, been a, a big uproar about that. And, um, you know, we, we've had conversations, multiple conversations about the Sasha and Naomi situation. And the only thing I can say is that, you know what, at the end of the day, a lot of people are not going to stand for how they're being treated if they want better for their own division. You would want, if you was in their position, you would want better. It's not just a job to entertain you guys. At the end of the day, they're humans, they have feelings. And if they want to have something better to continue to have a tag team division and grow a division with women who they feel like they would like to work with, what's wrong with that? You know? Absolutely. Hard agree. And I think like it's funny because the very next week we had the whole MJF no showing thing and the duality of how those situations were like, especially on the IWC, like the Internet wrestling community can be pretty toxic. There's amazing people. There's great friends. We've met some amazing other podcasters and people that just love this. But it can be a pretty toxic environment. And the duality of the response to MJF versus two weeks prior the like vitriol that was thrown at Sasha and Naomi um just keep doing what you're doing like they, you are needed in this space you are valued in this space your voice matters in this space um and and big ups to y'all for just supporting them and continuing to, to uplift the voices of black women wrestlers because yo they working they out here working they carry in divisions <laughs> don't get the love they deserve <laughs> okay you've got a big show coming up black wrestle fest juneteenth weekend tell us all about it 
Um, well, so Black Fest is really just a, it's more so like dealing with Juneteenth and just uh, a event that is surrounding Blackness and celebrating your Blackness and being around a lot of wrestling, like Black wrestlers, Black podcasters, uh, personalities, just all of that. Our writer and host, Katrina, will actually be there representing Women's Wrestling Talk because I will be down in Slammiversary for Impact. <laughs> Sometimes you really wish you can just be at a lot of places. Like if I could teleport, that would be my superpower to just go to a lot of different events on the same day and do that. But unfortunately, God did not bless me with that. I wish <laughs> we had some type of supernatural thing going on, but no. Uh, but Katrina's going to be representing Women's Wrestling Talk. It, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see what kind of work she does. Um, it's a lot of things different plans. Just, it's just more like a big networking event for people who do the same thing as us. Um, and I, I think that's that's something that's really needed within this community, wrestling community at that, because like you said, it, it can be very toxic. It, it, it can be very messy. Um, and with 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 the with those who are actually putting this event together, like I know it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I hate that I'm missing it because it's in New York. I've never been on a plane before, so if I was going, that'll be the first time I get on a plane and first time I go to New York. And so I'm like, mm, yeah, put me in some melatonin and I go to sleep. <laughs> and hopefully, I get there safely. <laughs> so you're gonna be down at Slammiversary. What's going on with that? Uh, so Impact Wrestling, you know, they're having their 20th anniversary of Slammiversary. It's like their WrestleMania. And uh, me and Nikki, uh, we're going to be down there covering the show. We're going to do, we're going to be there. Um, I do a little photography on the side. So I'll be taking the pictures and uh, Nikki will be handling all the videos and stuff like that. And we're just, we're just really excited. Um, it's just the, the, the mold of who's going to be coming out, what surprises we're going to get. And then after that, we're going to do a post-show to kind of talk about our experience being there, uh, talk about it, the whole rundown, the first ever Queen of the Mountain with uh, Tasha Seals, Deanna Peraza, Chelsea Green, uh, Jordan Grace, and Mia Yim, the return of Mia Yim. So, I mean, I think a lot of people are really, really excited to see that match. I know I am. Um, hoping Mia Yim pull out the win, but Nikki is going for Deanna along with a lot of other people. So, I mean, <laughs> we're kind of on the opposing team. As it's all right to have a split decision. <laughs> it's okay. We uh we argue over our favorites quite frequently here. Um, so real quick, we're gonna jump into the rest of the show. I hope you can stay with us and, and get through the rest of the rest of the rundown. But one thing we are always focused on doing here at Wrestling Chat with Friends is putting our friends over. So I need yeah, I, have, I have questions. Well then jump right in. I don't know if Elliot has questions too. I have questions. I don't know. Yeah, we got it. We got it. I'm, I'm really um, extremely interested in basically the origin story of women's wrestling talk. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the fact that you're able to go, you know, the, the fact that you have a choice, right? A very difficult choice to be like, oh, should we go to this show or should we go to this show? Uh, I think a lot of folks, if you're following the YouTube page, you may not fully know that it's a full blog with news stories and outlets mm -hmm. how did women's wrestling talk come about and how did you uh with your multi-talents you i love i love this slide in of i just happened to dabble in some photography i take pictures too <laughs> yeah, it, 
you do just about everything. So tell us a little bit about um, the origins of the media platform and then how you became personally, how you became involved in it or if you guys started it together. I'm just so interested in that story. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about how you landed where you are. Yeah, sure. So Women's Rights and Talk, um, I personally didn't start working with Women's Rights and Talk until last year. So um, how I get my way up to editor-in-chief, uh, I have to talk to TK about that. <laughs> um, in regards to the origin of it, um, it started with Women's um, Women's Wrestling Weekly or Women's Wrestling Weekly. Yeah. It took place at Afterbus TV. Um, mind you, I've been following them since they started with Afterbus TV. I was like, I, I admired TK. I thought she was so cool. Um, because she was doing After Bus TV with doing the After Raw post show, just everything dealing with wrestling, she was on the post show. So I would, I would, she doesn't know that I secretly stalked her way before I introduced myself to her to let her know that like I want to work with Women's Wrestling Talk. Um, and so it started out there. I mean, there was interviewing, they were interviewing Naomi, Bailey, uh, Lita, Gail Kim, Trish. They was there was interviewing a lot of big names already at After Buzz TV with Women's Wrestling Weekly, um, and then eventually um, they transitioned over to uh, Women's Wrestling Talk, which is having to be TK, Emily, and Sarah the Rebel, who was actually a wrestler. Um, they all pretty much started um, this Women's Wrestling Talk, changing it over to the new name, new logo, new everything. Um, I came along, like I said, last year in August, so it'd be almost a year that I started out being a host. And then, like, October, I became editor-in-chief because she was kind of in the process of getting writers. I mean, the host team was already pretty much there, but I, she had a website that needed writers. Um, I have seven years' experience being a journalist. I went to school for it. So I was like, well, let me just put some of my sauce over here to the writers' team a little bit and let's get you guys going. So now I would say when I got over there to the hosting side, like I said, we had a lot of people already there. On the writing side, I said it's like maybe three, four people over there. Mm -hmm. When I got there, and as of right now, I want to say we have like eight writers now total. Um, That's good. We, mm -hmm. we like jumped up. They're very strong writers. They, they do really, really well. And it's nice to be able to see the growth of where Women's Wrestling Talk was last year versus to where we're going into right now. So, I mean, we got a, a lot of growth. A lot of interviews have transpired. Um, a lot of great um, opportunities have landed for Women's Wrestling Talk. And I, and I just say that this is just the beginning where people are going to, like, be more, pay more attention to Women's Wrestling Talk and understand what we have going on here. It's very diverse. Nobody, anybody who comes on the screen does not sound alike, look alike act the same, personalities are totally different. Um, and I think that's the, the greatest thing about it. Even on a writing style, nobody writes the same. Um, so it, it it makes everything like so much better because everybody has their own individuality. Nobody's the same. So it-, it I definitely think that's, I mean, first off, a, you just skyrocketed as like the top baby face, right? Because <laughs> you join and then you're like, oh, I'm in charge now, which is amazing. Um, but I think that speaks to you. Like you guys have a ton of content and the fact that they have an editor that is nurturing them, that is, you know, encouraging them and uh, spotlighting their content, like 
kudos to you again, kudos to you for, for really being able to open that platform up. Um, and if you got anybody listening, like, please go check out the website. There is tons and tons and tons of content. You can scroll for days. As Cheat said, there is a rabbit hole. Go down it. <laughs> Elliot, did you have a question that you should have added to the run of show? Yeah, I should have. Thank you. I've been, I think what you're doing is fantastic and I really admire your passion to this. I am curious, like what was your level of wrestling fandom sort of before you joined this and has it increased? And I do have a second question, particularly about Naomi and Sasha, but what is your wrestling fandom background and is it new like this new venture or have you sort of always been into it? No, I've been watching. <laughs> since I was a child. My Love parents it. got Attitude Era, Stone Cold, Undertaker, um, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. The whole, The Rock, Kurt Angle, I remember, you know, the whole beer bash that Stone Cold gave his man in The Rock and the Ring. I remember awesome. China. I remember The Cat. I remember Luna for Sean. It's, it's, I, I mean, Ernest Miller, you're all, you're all right with me. Yep. You talk about the cat, Ernest Miller. Me, you, uh -huh. we, good, we good people. We good people. Uh, okay, so you're you're you come from a, a very deep uh, yeah. knowledge, and it's, it's I, I can hear it in your voice. It's also a passion, uh, wrestling. Also, I'm glad you have uh, this platform. My question that I wanted to ask about you you spoke so eloquently about Naomi and Sasha, mm -hmm. and if you could dream book uh, an ending scenario for them, uh, what what would you hope? would be maybe the the ending of this. Would you hope they come back and to a better, more improved WWE? Would you want them to do something on their own? What would you what would you love to see uh the outcome of this be for them? Mm, well, with with Sasha and Naomi, I feel like they both have built a legacy for themselves. Um whether they choose to come back or not, would I like to see them come back? Yes. But only if they want to and only if W is going to take the initial direction to want to build a women's tag team division, honestly. But if they choose not to, I mean, of course, Sasha has her own adventures of going into Hollywood, being an actress and so on and so forth. Whatever Naomi chooses to do, I don't care. As long as both of them are, are happy um, doing what they love to do. And, and that's that's really all that matters. I'm not the type of wrestling fan to say, oh, well, I think they should come back because what they did was stupid. They should never walk out. All this and Like, no, whatever they want to do is their business. Listen, they make the money, not me. OK, mm -hmm. I don't know how much they make. But listen, I walk out, too, because I, it's all about being treated fairly. You want to you want to be somewhere where you're loved and you're respected, especially if you've been putting the work in. in right. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to come back either unless they felt that they weren't being compromised with any of their creative control or financial control. Yeah, I'd rather see them do something else completely different uh, rather than feeling compelled to come back. Yeah. Of course. I, for one, am just waiting for the Trinity Falu is all elite picture to come up on the screen. That's what that's what I want. I, I doubt that she even goes over there. I don't I wouldn't want her to get lost in the shuffle. Because um, you know what happens over there in the AEW when they do with the women's division. You might come on TV, get a big pop, and then after that, we don't yep. see you no more till like three months later. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I mean, unless, they do need some direction over there. <laughs> What'd you say, Keith? I said, unless you're Jade. Yeah. We see Jade. You're going to always I don't see know, Jade. I don't know about anyone else, but we see Jade. <laughs> 
You're gonna always see Jade. Jade is running the shots right now. Honestly, she's making her TBS title the the number one title for women as of right now. For Don't sure. Rosa, but you know, she's making him a lot relevant and starting to forget that the main title is nowhere to be found. Yeah, they not. Uh, I'm a huge Thunder Rosa fan, and I would be lying if I said I'm thrilled with her run as till now. Um, but I would, I would like to see more people come over that have experience and experienced producers and just people that, you know, like from my understanding, Kenny Omega has been doing a lot of the booking, which, you know, he's a goat, but I don't know if he uh, is, is able to run a woman's division in the way that is good. They got to stop putting okay. positions to do things for women, honestly. No shade to the man, but you need to at least have a woman back there somehow, some way, implementing something. Just having a man, not all men, no women, okay? I, they don't. Only women, no women a lot of times. And so I feel like if you put a woman back there, I think that you would definitely see a drastic change in the division. You really Amen. Would. Yep. I hear Stephanie McMahon has some time on her hands. So, <laughs> uh, listen, if she chooses to go over there, then hey, I don't know what kind of family uproar they're going to have yeah, going she's, on. She's not going, uh, over there. <laughs> she's not going over there. The ultimate family beef. Okay, uh, yeah, so it's... what I was trying to do before, Cheats cut me off. Um, our biggest thing that we want to do is put people over. Like, we want to make sure our friends are highlighted, stars of the show. Tell people where they can follow you, uh, give them the website, the YouTube, all the things. And we're make sure they know where they can get their dose of you, Miss Santana. <laughs> Well, as I always do in Women's Wrestling Talk, I, always, I never give out my socials. I always tell people to Google me. Um, hmm. Not to spell my name right, because if you don't, you're going to find a plane that I never knew existed. Um, so if you definitely spell my name right, you find me on Google. Everything about me is on Google. That's, that's where you can find me. Um, in regards to Women's Wrestling Talk, you can uh, follow us on all social media platforms at www.talkpod. The website is www.talkpod.com, and you can find all of the merch, all of our articles, all of our interviews, uh, post shows, um, even other shows we have going on, too. You can all find it there, and we are exclusively on Twitch as of right now for all of our shows and things like that. So, mm-hmm. Well, the collector, the collector is going right to your merch page. <laughs> You gotta make, you're gonna be on the wall real soon, and you know, big up to you for making them do their own labor. I support that. <laughs> look, I was I'm, I'm sitting here wondering, like, oh, should I run the ticker? No, put the ticker back. <laughs> <laughs> make them do their own labor. I don't know what's happening. All right, so um, we gotta talk about injuries because mm-hmm. everybody and their mama is injured right now. Um, so over at WWE, the biggest story that came out of Hell in a Cell was Cody Rhodes and his torn pectoral muscle, his choice to continue the match. Um, and I don't, okay, so confession, which everybody that listens to the pod knows this, but for our new friend, um, I don't really watch WWE. I don't agree with their business choices uh, or the way they treat their talent or their historical political decision. Mm-hmm. However, I saw a whole bunch of pictures of Cody's arm and... It wasn't pretty. 
Run that down for me, y'all. Like, what were your thoughts? What were your reactions? Were you okay with it? Like, did you feel okay with him being in the ring like that? Did it worry you? Before we go to it, Cheech is going to bring on uh, somebody. we got to bring in another friend from the uh, group chat. On his way, moving from Virginia to California, Justin, welcome to the show as well. We're gonna put you. We're gonna put you right in the mix of what everyone is talking about this week. Megan's already teed it up a bit, but Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, man. That man, that Cody Rhodes Peck injury, like before it even got worse to the latest picture that he had. Like I. Like, I knew it was a high-grade pectoral tear because, like, sources said that he injured it while uh, weight training. So I was like, okay, how, like, how severe was the injury? And then, like, as he still had his jacket on, like, I saw, like, the bruising and swelling, and I was like, oh, God, this is about to be terrible. But then I'm seeing, like, the whole discoloration on a lower and upper pectoral. I'm like, hey, like, wow. So, like, it's very interesting to see wrestlers finish matches or even go through entire matches already injured. I think this is one of the more recent major injuries that we've seen wrestlers compete through. Yeah. And to see it progressively get worse through the match and see the discoloration change to more of like a reddish and pinkish. Like I like I was tuned in paying attention and I can only imagine how uncomfortable that made the crowd. Because what was y'all's reactions as soon as he took off the jacket? Because I, I was like, oh. Well, it was definitely graphic. And I think the fact that it was graphic is what added to a lot of what we all felt about it and then how you just uh, sort of summarized it. I'm sure we have seen lots of wrestlers who have competed matches with the injuries. It was just sort of the, the physical nature of the or the visual nature of it. Um, so... I, it obviously made me uncomfortable. I understand, I guess I understand the concept that was kind of explained is that doctors said since it was kind of completely ripped off, it's not going to get any worse. It still takes quite a bit of intestinal fortitude to hear that, understand that, and then go out and have a 20 minute match where it was still getting hit with a kendo stick and against a cage and I, I think that you he, fortunately, if there is any good fortune that could come out of this is, I guess it didn't get any worse. He's having surgery. Um, the business problem that WWE has with having to fill it is a problem that wrestling promotions have had over time, and they'll work it out. But quick, just quick kudos to Seth Rollins, because probably not a better person you could have been in there taking care of him than Seth Rollins. He's among the top six or seven best wrestlers on the planet. So if in, with all that said, just knowing that you have a full pectoral injury, so it won't get any worse, go out there and professional wrestle. Mm, not something I could have done, but I guess I get it. I would have preferred he didn't do it, but I, I'm glad I got to see it because it was awesome and just further praise to how those guys and girls 
dedicate and sacrifice their body. Indeed, indeed. And with that injury, like, if it was lesser, then he could come back at the earliest four months. But now it's looking like it's going to be six months because of that severity. So through, like, a WWE timeline, we're thinking Royal Rumble-ish, like, type of timeline for him. But the question is now, like, what's going to happen with everything well, else, like, in the next six months? Like, because well, we have a lot more injuries to talk about, too. It's just like, let, let me ask this, because I, I might have been the only one, and I'm, I'm a big cynic, and I actually think that everything's a work. So when, when the match started and he took off his coat, was I the only one that was like, that is not real? That is fake. A that bunch of not... people were saying that. They were like, is it makeup? Is no, it makeup? I, the no. way I knew it was real, the way it was real, because that looked very similar to, I think, Triple H had that same injury. And there yeah. were videos of him undergoing, there was a whole like documentary of him undergoing that, having that surgery, coming back from it. He looked the exact same after that. And that's the first thing I thought of. And no, didn't have a, didn't have a thought in my mind that it was a work. I thought it was That awesome. was the first thing that I thought. I'm no, sorry. I, thought ahead, I'm sorry. I thought it was like I was like Cody, kudos to you for actually wanting to continue to go out here and wrestle. I don't think there's a lot of people who would have stepped into the ring. And I like the fact that even though he was injured, he still maneuvered around as if like nothing was wrong. Um, and he was self was very careful, you know, with certain things that he was doing. And a lot of you know, we speak of Triple H. I did see this meme where they had the side of Cody Rose. Uh, and then they had this other side of Triple H with the same mark. And it was like, Cody Rhodes, I hear one mimic everything Triple H does from the pedigree to the sledgehammer. It was it was hilarious. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> we, gotta, we don't know exactly what's going to take place now with Cody Rhodes being out. I mean, it's like, dang, you just got here and now you injured. So it's like, what's the next steps is going to be for Monday Night Raw? We, we already don't have your, your undisputed champion showing up anywhere. So I was like, well, what's next? I mean, I know we're waiting on John Cena to come back um, to the twenty on the 27th, but it's like, what's going to happen in the meantime? It's know? so amazing that you brought it up just like that because you basically could also be describing what's going on in AEW right now with CM Punk. You Hold can't. on, before we go to AEW, which I'm really excited about, yeah. I do have a question. Does any So one of the biggest, like wrestlers are tough stories of the last two decades was triple h wrestling through the rest of his match with a torn quad now we have cody doing this do you guys have any concern with this influencing the culture of wrestling of being like yeah work through it you can work through it it's fine cody did it like do you think because i mean historically I know I'm not amongst a whole bunch of AEW lovers, but historically WWE has not treated their workers great. They've asked them to work through injuries. We have the the whole story with CM Punk where he had the the severe infection and was just given a Z pack and told to like make it through and pooped himself in the ring. Um, do you think this is gonna perpetuate the work through it mentality that can be really dangerous and shorten careers? Um, I think that, like, I know that Cody was the one who wanted to continue. I know a lot of wrestlers, they kind of embedded themselves that, you know, you just continue to keep going. Not everybody's body is going to be the same way. 
you know, there are some people who can tough it out. I know when Finn had hit, when him and Seth had that match for the Universal title, Finn's arm popped out of socket. You know what I'm saying? So he popped it back in. Same thing with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. His arm popped out of socket, he popped it back in. It kept going. Um, but I think that, like I said, everybody's body is different. If you feel like you can keep going, you are extremely tough because me, I'm going to cut this match short. I don't care if I get fussed at the back. It is what it is because my body comes first because I'm out here doing it. Um, well, but I say shout out to those who can. No, I mean, I, I think we also have to realize what position Cody was in and what position the WWE was in. Okay. So there is a lot of incentive. Now, again, a hundred percent. I think the medical staff did all of their stuff. And I think uh, Elliot, you'd mentioned is exactly correct. If it was partially torn, if it was 75% torn, they would not have medically cleared him. The, the idea that it was completely torn and it could not get worse before surgery was was step one cody again and take a step back big picture cody makes the big leap from aw to wwe and is now being put as a face of the company and really let's just call it what it is cody made a huge gamble on himself to even move over there and to see how this is going to be responded to and so so far, WWE is living up to their side of the bill. WrestleMania, Backlash, you face, super face, super over. And he's now sustained an injury that was not, if, if like Justin was saying, was not a workplace injury. It wasn't like he was in the ring and something tore. He's training, so it's a training injury. He was but, lifting, he was lifting weights. I'm, right, ne- right. I'm never going to have a spotter again, not have a spotter again. Right. So, but, but all of this comes into, this is the position he's in and he's going to be on the shelf now for several months after all of this WWE is also in this very weird position. No Roman Reigns, right? Sasha and Naomi situation where they can't put her at the top of a bill right at this point. And so we're like, we're at risk of having, a hell of a cell made of it. And again, we talked about this last week, but it's a hell in a cell with really one match. That's a hell in a cell match, right? So they name a whole pay-per-view after one match. They put these two people at the top of the match and there's at risk of not having the right now. And I guess the biggest face that was going to be on the card perform. Mm-hmm. So there's incentive on WWE side to say, okay, you can't medically get worse. They're, they're going to let them, do what he wants to. He wants to do it for all the aforementioned reasons. WWE wants him to do it for all the aforementioned reasons. And the, the actual interesting thing about all of this is that since it went off without a hitch, Megan, the most dangerous part of the health part of what you're mentioning is the fact that everything went well. Because now you can say for the next time, even if somebody says, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this, the next time is somebody's going to say, well, hey, look, you let Cody do it. Look at where, you know what I mean? That, that it, 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 it's, I think athletes, performers, competitors are always going to want to be there. They're going to, they're, you know, you're going to have to know your body and so forth. But the fact that this went over well, and now Cody today is more legendary than he was, you know, last week, I think all of this plays in, but I, 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 the last thing I'll say in just me kind of figuring it out was, 
all the stuff outside of the ring was kind of a perfect storm of necessity. And then everything that happened in the ring was actually where legends are made. And Cody and Seth really did do an amazing job and put on for what it was worth a, a, a very decent match for a hell in a cell and closed it out in a way. And now, you know, they're in a better position for it than they would be without it. Uh, big pops for Seth Rollins, polka dot outfit, side note. It was amazing. And like, I was like checking out the pictures to see what was up with Cody. And like, it was the C headline, but I was like, is nobody talking about the polka dots? Because this is amazing. <laughs> It was I a great that. idea to use that as the head games to try to get in Cody's yeah. head. Until, I mean, until no, Cody he, took off his robe. It was the story. No, until right? Cody took off his robe. Well, I mean, Seth is known for that. He came out in his shield gear against Roman. Like, Seth's fits are kind of legendary at this point. So, it's okay. And All right. Seth so also, moving... uh, came out wearing, like, the Rey Mysterio Halloween Havoc 97 attire that one time. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Like, I, like, saw a whole tweet with just those three attires. I'm like, hold on. Like, when did that happen? And he's I'm a like, menace. Oh, he's, the, he's the king of drip. I love it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Seth Trollins. I'm here for it. Okay, so Cody Rhodes is not the only injury we have. I'm going to run down this list. Uh, it is the, it is, it's mostly AEW people. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's more WWE injuries that I'm not tracking. But as of right now, we have uh, Brian Danielson out for what they say is two weeks. Hopefully we'll have him back soon. Kenny Omega has been out pretty much all year. Uh, we have Orange Cassidy out with a soldier, shoulder injury. Kip Sabian, no one has seen for, for months. Darius Martin got in a car accident. Uh, Layla Hirsch tore her ACL. Penelope Ford is out injured. Sting is out injured. And, of course, the one that has caused the most ruckus over at AEW is CM Punk, who is out. Uh, with a mysterious lower leg injury. They will not give us specifics, but it is lower leg. They did. Um, and they did. It's a broken, also, broken foot. Broken foot. Okay, so we got today that uh, he did have his surgery today. It went really well. They are very encouraged. Uh, but, oh, also Scorpio Sky is out with a, an injury uh, that's going to affect the uh, challenging for the TNT ch championship. Um, with CM Punk out, though, we do have a uh, interim championship happening, um, which I am very, very excited about. Uh, first off, let's let's talk about injuries for a second. Like, is... Is there things to be concerned about at AEW? Do we think this is all just kind of like a freak, everybody got injured at one time kind of thing? Um, are we worried? I mean, they don't have as hard of a work rate as WWE. WWE folks are wrestling, you know, five to six nights a week. What's going on? Bad luck? Did Danhausen curse everybody? Is that what happened? He might have. Um, I think with Daniel Bryan, well, with Brian Danson, I mean, hit like seeing his was just like awful, like. I don't know how he fell through there, but it was awful trying to see them pull his leg out. Um, I didn't even know Orange Cassidy was injured. I just thought maybe he just went on TV for a while. Um, I didn't know. A lot of these people, I didn't even know were injured. Like, yeah. they must have got injured on dark or something or whatever. I don't know. But um, 
with CM Punk, I mean, it, it's kind of a tough position because with him being injured, he just won the champion, you know, and it's like, you just won a champion. Now you're injured. So it's like, all right, now we got to figure out who we're going to put in charge as of right now um, until you come back, which I kind of hate the whole interim champion thing. I think it's stupid. Why not just have a number one contender for, you know, the actual champion so that you don't have to worry about creating all these titles that you constantly keep creating when we're looking at the same people? Like, I, yeah, because remember they did the same thing for Cody. Cody was the TNT uh, champion. They he was out for a few weeks. They brought in another like Sammy won, and then it was like they had to do the the reunification match. It's a lot. It was stupid. And they're following this template again for this world title thing. They didn't. No one used to do this. I don't see the necessity of doing it this way. You can still have all those matches, but. If you remember, like back in the day, Hulk Hogan didn't wrestle every week on TV. I like that that title and that promotion is a fighting championship promotion. But you have the new champion who, yes, terrible luck that he hurt himself. But he's also one of the best on the mic. He could be out there every week. You know, he's a, if he has this surgery and it's successful, I would say put him out there every week. Let him stir it up. Let him hold the championship. Let him put it on the table and do commentary for matches. He can start and create stories with lots of wrestlers who are competing, but the idea of a second champion, and I like who is, I think, inevitably going to wear that strap or the Forbidden Door pay-per-view next month will crown that, and there'll be some great matches that come out of it. But as the result, if someone carries the title that Punk, we all loved when Punk won for a few months and then title versus title, it's the same title, again, I think it's unnecessary and sloppy, and I think it's probably another sort of Tony Khan fever dream that he likes to come up with. But, you know, well, like you said, he's got lots of titles he says he's waiting to introduce, so I thought it was just unnecessary. So I'll tell you what it does. Um, whether you, I mean, like it or don't like it, I, I understand that, and I understand both sides of it, and I agree with you. You know, I, I grew up here in Virginia. It was NWA country back in the territories before WCW, Ric Flair did not wrestle on TV ever. <laughs> right? right. I mean, right. he was, he would just come out and be Ric Flair. It was, you know, entertaining and talk and have the four horsemen beat up people. But I'll tell you what it does. And and, and, the, and the one time that it worked was actually the, the best time that it worked had absolutely nothing to do with professional wrestling, but it was boxing and it was 1971 and it was an undefeated Muhammad Ali they stripped him of the title and had mm -hmm. an undefeated Joe Frazier fill that role as the interim heavyweight championship, right? And so what it did was, I think it was March in 71, they make the biggest fight to the time in the history of all time. Now, and again, there was a lot of geopolitical stuff that was going on and so forth. But that's, that. It, it, in sense, synergy-wise, that's what they're always trying to do. If Punk is this, you know, he doesn't lose the title, he, because of injury, so he has a title. And then, as we all kind of think, it will be John Moxley. It'll probably be John Moxley, Tanahashi, right? Tanahashi. Um, Moxley probably goes over. But now you have super over John Moxley with the strap, you know, returning champion CM Punk. You wanted to get Mox and Punk in the ring together. Now you're going to do it with a giant unification, all belts mean everything. It's 
you know, in a lesser world, it's the same reason why they have a brain split or had a brain mm-hmm. split. I don't know what they're doing with the brain split, right? But the reason why, you know, you could have a champion versus champion here mm-hmm. and everybody thinks it's legitimate and what's going to happen. And, I, and, and that's what they're trying to create. I think what you both were alluding to, the person is going to make the match. The people are going to make the match more than the belts in this case. And if it's Mox and Punk, we're going to want to see it. And I think they're going to try to make it a unification champion versus champion type thing. That's I think that's where they're going with it. That's my prediction. Well, one of my biggest issues with that, and I do, I think we, I think the writing's on the wall that it's going to go to, to Mox and Tanahashi, which shout out to Mox. He got the match he wanted. He's been hollering about getting Tanahashi alone in uh, New Japan for a year. <laughs> um, so I'm glad he's getting the match. Uh, my concern is is that out of all the people we've had as champions so far, I was most excited to see Mox be our first two-time champion at AEW. I think he had the momentum. He had the, the kind of in line as far as storylines to be the person to come in and have that, that second run. Maybe Kenny when he came back. But because this is an interim championship, it does not count in the lineage of the championship. So Mox very well could be our first two-time champ, and it's got an asterisk beside it, which I don't love. I'm not a huge fan of that. Well, that's another wrinkle to it that, uh, yeah, could take a little shine off it. This is a company, though, that's hopefully going to be around for years and years and years. And Mox and Punk and Omega are going to have to – and Cole – are going to have to share that for a while before Wardlow ends up being like the Goldberg two and a half years from now, and he'll probably deserve it and it'll be awesome. But yeah, it's sort of good. It's bad problems to have, um, but it's sort of an example that like we're in really amazing times right now in wrestling where we can have all these losses and great stories can still come out of it. Well, I mean, I mean, even just speaking to Wardlow, he wants to go after, I think they, they clearly had him queued up to go after the TNT championship next. Scorpio Sky is injured. So now that storyline's kind of on the the shelf for a while. And a new title know, coming in. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a, there's a very deep roster at AEW and they could injure their top 20 guys and still <laughs> have people to fill two hours of television. Wow. So um, that was kind of what I want to talk about next was the, uh, so the way that they're setting it up for the interim championship is obviously last night we had the battle Royale, um, which I thought was super fun. Um, any thoughts people on the battle Royale last night? I thought it was kind of pointless because while we have a battle royal, you let Cal win and then he go out there and have a main event with John Moxley and then lose. What was the point? That was a waste of that was a waste of time. You bring Andrade back, um, don't win. It, it was a waste of time. Like it, it didn't it didn't benefit anybody. By no means necessary. You just put a bunch of guys out there, have them have a battle royal. Now you got. Now you got Swer- Keith Lee mad at Swerve. You got, you got all kinds. You got all kinds of stuff. Big, it was the uh, the the betrayal. Are you not? Night. Are you not entertained? At the end of the day, are you not entertained? So I so, was entertained. I was entertained. I, I'll, I'll tell you. I watched the match. I came in in the middle and I, I caught up with the group chat, but then I had to go back and watch the actual battle royal match. I agree with what a lot of folks were saying in the WCWF. Uh, pod group chat which is 
they went like a full, I don't know how long before anybody got eliminated. Like there mm-hmm. was they, they there was way too many people in the ring early on before people started started dropping per se. Um I thought it was I thought the swerve stuff was actually pretty funny. It made me laugh quite a bit because he did it to Keith Lee and he did it to somebody else. Did he do Darby as well? He like tricked him and then yeah, it was Darby. He was like, "Let's yeah, work yeah. together," and they have yeah, their whole like, like, like Northwest friendship. But I, but I really, after seeing the way the match laid out and the way that people were introduced and, and the way that it conducted itself, I really wanted Andrade to be the guy. Oh my gosh! I yeah. wanted, I wanted an Andrade Mox match. I still thought Mox was going to go over, but I, I, I would have loved to, as, as opposed to the Kyle O'Reilly, who I love, Kyle, but I. Just seeing Andrade come back, seeing how dominant he is, how great of a worker he is, I really wanted to see him. Um, I wanted to see him go over, but you know, it, it was entertaining. I think uh, Yuta did really well for himself with the crowd, so that was an interesting thing the, to see how the crowd responded to to, to Willa Yuta and kind of to see the swerve stuff because I'm interested to see. Or, or, I hope they don't break up Keith Lee and Swerve. I hope that was just a you know, game is game is game thing. Because they, they just got shirts. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see them together for a while or not. But I would like to remind everybody, if when they talk about the messiness of the match or the, the disorganizedness of the match, big matches like that get get choreographed and planned out months in advance. They announced this on Friday. Right, I was going to say that. This they one was knew not. what they were going to do on Wednesday, right? Like, they knew they were going to do it on Wednesday. So, when we have, like, the big Kofi spots, when we have the, like, like, those are things that have been planned and practiced. Like, them, this was, like, 20 guys that just jumped in the ring. I was say, like, them, brothers, them brothers had no idea what they were doing. Ray, Ray Phoenix and Dante Martin looked at each other and was like, let's do some, let's do some flips. Do some shit. Like, I, tell, I tell you though, I tell you, we didn't. We got right into our interview this week, which was great. We didn't do our popping segment. I know. That, I realized that that twenty-five second moment with Ray Phoenix and Andrade that ended with the slap and the super kick. That's what I was popping for this week. That that moment got me out of my chair. Um, so that yeah, that would have been my pop because I yeah, that just brief exchange with those two fantastic athletes who know each other so well probably the slap the pop-up the super kick that sent andrade with a great just into the ropes was the probably the best moment in the whole thing well elliot let's just let's just do it because i did get really excited (laughs) i got excited about miss santana and i skipped the way we open our show all the time (laughs) so why not? Why Let's not? talk about what we were popping for this week. This is going to be our, <laughs> our closing to in. our show. All right. You've already done it, Elliot. So, Justin, jump in. Tell me what you popped for this week. Oh, man. That double ankle lock by Oscar during the Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, and Oscar. Really good match. match. Really good match. Yeah. yeah best, match like, best match on the card. Yeah, we can't. We, we should not. Like, help. Hell in the Cell was a, was a good pay per view, but that yeah. was a really good match. Very like that match was one of the better triple threat matches that I have ever seen in general. Like the chemistry, the way that it ended to at that, like it was really great. And also, like the pay per view was better than what I personally thought. I 
like I feel like a lot of people would agree because there was little to no build well little build up aside from like the opening match and the closing match obviously and whatever the judgment day thing is then compared to now but yes that double ankle lock for sure and that whole triple threat match that's my pop of the week Nice. I'll, I'll jump in because I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that. Me- Megan's gonna go crazy because this is gonna be more WWE uh, conversation in the sense of what I'm popping for this week. If you hadn't noticed, I named the show "Oh, It's Judgment Day" because not because what happened at Hell in the Cell, but what happened the Monday after Hell in the Cell when edge brings out finn as the newest member of judgment day and you knew it was going somewhere we couldn't figure it out just yet we knew it was going somewhere but it ultimately ends up with damian priest rhea ripley and finn balor turning on edge putting you know putting the bar in his face finn is now the de facto leader of judgment day and i think it is going to be magical because this is the first time in WWE or even yeah un- under the entire Finn WWE run whether it was NXT or WWE that Finn actually has an evil heel staple uh stable in which he can run like he tried to run Bullet Club which as mm-hmm. we talked about in weeks past he was the best heel leader of Bullet Club ever and look at where Bullet Club has gone since all of this time I don't think that you're going to be able to duplicate that magic in a organization like WWE, but if he can come close to mm-hmm. being the heel evil persona leader of judgment day, as he was bullet club, we're going to have a completely different thing and it's going to be awesome. My only drawback is I actually thought edge was better than people give him credit for as like the heel leader of judgment. Day. I don't yeah. necessarily uh-huh. know where Edge goes from here. Obviously, they're going to try to make him face. He'll fight Judgment Day or whatever. But he actually had – I think Finn's kind of perfect for the role. He was really good. And I, I don't know where that goes. But I my pop is for Finn Balor finally getting uh, a stable in which I think he can run and really be awesome in. Oh uh, yeah, so like one thing that I heard was that they wanted the Judgment Day group to go more quote unquote in like a supernatural route and Edge wasn't about that. Like Yeah, that's what the dirt like sheets are saying, yeah. Different mm. views. So like as soon as I saw the Judgment Day turn, I'm like, so we're going to see more of demons in Ballery in a sense. Probably. So, I'm not opposed probably. to Demon Finn Balor. Demon oh, Finn Balor is the best Finn Balor. Agreed. Okay. We'll see. I mean, I won't see because I'm not going to watch. But you guys will tell me about it, which is really exciting. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of Demon Finn Balor that makes me uncomfortable. But go ahead. <laughs> well, as, a, as a black human, black American, been doing all of that extra stuff fun. sometimes. Okay. So I have a question that needs answering. And I feel like this is a good group of people to ask it to. What percentage of Malachi Black's face are we comfortable being black before it's blackface? Because it's getting further and further down. And I was slightly uncomfortable at Double or Nothing. I'm not going to lie. That shit was like to hear. 
Is there a percentage? Um, yes. For, on behalf of all black people, uh, Miss Santana. Miss <laughs> on behalf of all black people in America. You know, I, 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 who? Okay, so I know that you know the whole face painting thing gets a little outraged. I mean, I know a lot of people even question Finn Balor. You know, with his face painting and, and, and black and all this and that. But with Malachi, I just, mm, I think once he gets like a little bit further down, like with like half of his face, he kind of go a little bit over here. I'm like, all right, now you just running out because I, I think you're doing a little too much. I mean, listen, I, I you got I, Julia Hart a little bit in there too. So I'm like, listen. Yeah. Y'all can't use no red paint or nothing. I know y'all got a house of black, but you can add a, another color in there a little bit. You know, maybe a blue, a hint of blue, purple. Some the ash gray, like the ash gray was all right. Like I'm okay with that. But Malachi Black just be having like the black line straight. It's just up, and I'm like, hmm. Mm. So like a kind of like that's funny. Of, uh, Roddy Piper from like WrestleMania Six, where it was like the half. Roddy Piper was in half blackface at mm -hmm. WrestleMania, and it was insanely I think, I awful. Think, I think he gets away with it because kayfabe. I really do. I think he's going to get away with it. Uh, like, one, there is, just for full disclosure, and, and most of us know that uh, Malachi Black, Tommy Ann, whatever, I mean, he's married to Zelina Vega. Um, they are very public about their their relationship and some of the things that um, he has he – has, um, you know some of the some of the stuff he's done out in the community and so forth like that. So no one is saying that Malachi Black. Like we, I've never heard of anything about Malachi I, Black. I'm not saying he is. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying. saying it's all. But it's funny that you mentioned because where is um, where's where's he from? Scotland. So where's yeah, he from? he's from he's, he's from, from one of those places over there. But there's like all the Norse mythology no, but it, but, but it's that funny we often because, see tied in with Finn, white supremacy. No, no, because Finn is from Ireland. Mm -hmm. Right, so Finn's from Ireland, Malachi's from Scotland. Both of no, them have. So like, you know, he's, uh, he's from Amsterdam. So like a he's. Uh, oh yeah, he is Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah, but so I mean, both of them seem real comfortable when they go dark to put a whole bunch of paint on their bodies and face. He <laughs> is, he is Dutch. He is Dutch. I've never thought of that, but it's uh, I, I I think they get away with it with kayfabe, um, and I'll be and and, and it'll be one of those things where. I mean, I don't know. The question is, where does it stop? The answer is, I don't know. Like that, who knows? With that, if Finn can go five percent more, of his face gets covered, and we riot. That's all I'm saying. If he goes to the lip, it's over. You think anybody's gonna do something? I don't think nobody's gonna do something. I don't think so. I'm reading the I think it's all kayfabe. I think it's all kayfabe. I stood outside of Northam's house with a sign. I stand outside of AEW with a sign. Full rules. <laughs> rules count for everybody. Yeah. Then you got Tony Khan out there being like, I don't have a racist bone in my body. Ask Big Swole. Okay. I'm sorry. We I, got off the deep I found AEW and was really happy because I was like, mm, a non-problematic wrestling company. Yay. Then, then, you wow. met, then you met Tony Khan. <laughs> Tony Khan just chipping away at my belief every day. 
Anyway, thank you for answering my question <laughs> and uh, us deciding collectively with, <laughs> like, with where that, we that. Yeah, with Dre, that, yeah, Miss Santana, Miss Santana, yeah, what, what are you, you popping for? for this week? Yeah, Dre, what you popping for? This um, week? Well, I, one of my first pops was Bianca Belair's outfit gear at Hello. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. I'm always popping for Bianca's gear, like I, whatever. Like I'm always excited to see what she pulls out the arsenal with her creative style and everything like that. But that's that's what I popped for first, um, and then I popped for, of course, Finn Balor turning. Um, Thank you. Because that's what I've been waiting on. I was, I thought maybe he would have did it like last night, the night before, but I guess they decided, well, we're just gonna wait until tomorrow to let him turn. But I would have to say that I, I really popped for for the uh, fatal four way match that happened later on that night. Um, no, that's it. I actually popped for Carmelo Hayes winning the NXT North American title for the second time. That was my here. that was like yeah. my big pop for the night because Cameron Grimes, I, I don't even want to get into it, but Cameron Grimes better not never pop up in no barbershop ever again. Okay, you're not allowed. <laughs> don't don't come back up in there and all whatsoever. Do do elaborate. Do elaborate. No people, need, people need to know. No, because on the episode <laughs> right before they had their match, she came in the barbershop, a sacred place for them to have a cut. You didn't even come in and get no haircut. You just came in there. Right. And talk. decided that you just wanted to talk. Yeah. Well, why would you come? Why was you popping up on people at the barbershop for what? That's how you get beat up. You you announce all these people who do not like you, and you pop up in the barbershop. Also, and now you lost your title. See, if you stayed out the barbershop, you probably would have won. That's your fault. You don't come in nobody's sacred I place. Love it. It's great. And do I something. Love it. No, stay where you at. And, so now and the, title. And you know the wrestling club. Vic's wrestling club who loves Carmelo mm-hmm. uh gave him a shout out before the match and he responded to it after he won the belt. It was really great. Great story. shout out to Victor Perry and the kids. Yes, we so love the babies. I'm I'm jealous. They're amazing. I, I wish they had a wrestling club for me when I was growing up. Oh yeah. Yo, we talk about that all the time. All the and when time. Victor was on, we were like, Where were you when we were children? Okay, so my pop of the week, um, I, at first it was going to be Moxley getting Tanahashi just because he's been screaming about it for like a year and a half. Um, but I feel like we talked about that already. So I'm going to go with my side pop, which is, uh, first off, I love me some Proud and Powerful. Ortiz cut an amazing promo on Dynamite. But my pop was the last three seconds of the promo where Eddie Kingston just maniacally laughs and then it cuts off. But that for me was it. Like, I love, I mean, we we go back and forth about Eddie here, but don't nobody promo like Eddie promo. And he didn't say a word. He laughed. And it was like, oh, this is real. This is intense. So I'm popping for Eddie Kingston's laugh at the end of their promo. Who here do like Eddie Kingston define like we don't think he can wrestle his way out of a paper bag no, we love, you, you don't like seeing him on your TV screen do you love when he cuts a promo do you like I do him? like the promo yeah. I, I love, I love that puppy bastard yeah they have on this show we we argue about Eddie Kingston just about every week he's not my favorite technical wrestler in the world yeah but uh, Great I, 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 charismatic personality. 
I don't like Eddie Kingston not one bit. I hate when he pops up on my screen. I think he's the worst thing that came from I mean, he's, he can talk on the mic all day, but that's cool and all. Wrestling-wise, he's awful. He, him just popping up every week just makes me mad. I turn my TV off. I, I love it. This is this is great. Great. No, this is, you I, are welcome I, I here anytime. You are welcome here anytime. You are welcome <laughs> Me and his big ass Tim's he be wearing. Like we fight immediately. This is awesome. Megan so, is dying inside right now. What well, the way the way I feel about Eddie Kingston is that his wrestling style is an eight-year-old on like a lot of Mountain Dew who's like, and then I fought and I put my fist in the air and I went like this, and then I got real strong. So he's like the carniest of carn like you have to suspend disbelief so hard to be like yeah Eddie Kingston's a wrestler but who can talk I enjoy when he talks I love him for his love of the game mm-hmm. I'll put it at that I'm also I'm also from New York so he's got that New York vibe for me too I I enjoyed the this week's dynamite promo when he was like Jake Hager, we're going to fight. Don't count me down. Uh, then somebody wrote on social media. They were like, Eddie Kingston really thinks this is real. Like, Eddie Kingston has convinced himself that this is a real thing. And he was like, he was like don't count me down. I'm not going to commercial. I was like, this is the greatest. Uh, but no, I've long, yeah. been on the, I've long been on the Eddie Kingston can't wrestle. Uh, he, he did. I'll tell you where he won me over was the Player Tribune article where it talked about mm-hmm. his life. Like when he wrote on Players Tribune about his actual life and how wrestling saved his life as mm-hmm. recently as like a week before he walked on that AEW stage to fight yeah. Cody Rhodes, he was, you know, in a bad, bad place. And now he is a worldwide, you know, he's a he's a big superstar. He's a big superstar at AEW, whether he is. He's he's he is a superstar. He is hey, so love him. He gets he like so consistently one of the biggest pops yeah, of the he, night. He's over. Mm-hmm. He's over. And I'll They're tell you why anywhere. I love Eddie. Eddie makes me believe that any one of us could go in that ring and oh, get it done. It's the, it makes you believe that anybody of our age can go in there and fight like eight year olds off Melly. <laughs> yep. That yep. is awesome. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> if I spin around real hard, my fist will hit you and it's a super punch. <laughs> Right. That's so. Again, when we talk, we've argued about this. We've argued about this for weeks, and one of my arguments was his finishing move is a turnaround back punch. Do you know so how you bad? Attack. You we know talked how about bad Chris that Jericho. Is? So you is know, a... Chris Jericho's a legend. You can't compare Chris Jericho to Eddie Kingston. Yeah, that's the exact same finisher. He goes like this, turns his head. He's been punching you all match. So you think he's gonna spin around and punch you? Bro, but he does the uh, first, and that's where he gets it gets super powered, and then he spins around. I love, I love it though. I love it. I love it. I I do. This is this is great. This whole this, you know what? This just made the whole episode. (laughs) There you go. Okay, real quick, because we gotta go. Uh, What are you guys looking forward to in the next week? What's your your most exciting thing that you you are hoping to see next week? I want more Will Osprey. I want more of Will Ospreay. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that, that, that was a. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about Ospreay coming on to AEW. Obviously, we know we know about Will Ospreay, but the he he is extreme. We saw him. So we went up to Capital Collision, and that was the first time I was able to see 
a lot of the New Japan folks live, and he he really stole the show. He's he's if he he's amazing. He he is a really really you know strong wrestler, and and I want to see more of him and and the New Japan guys really come into leading into Forbidden Door. This was the first time I really felt like okay, we're gonna start to see some real mm-hmm. Forbidden Door lead up, which I thought. They, you know, they kind of been dropping the ball up. They were leading to double or nothing, but I thought double or nothing had a big opportunity for Forbidden Door stuff. Shenanigans, if you will, didn't mm-hmm. happen. So now I'm really, really excited to see FTR and those guys get get on with Will Ospreay. I'm excited about the more, more New Japan Will Ospreay stuff. I'm going to jump in because I don't want anybody to steal mine, even though probably nobody will because y'all are excited about WWE most of the time. I am really excited to see Christian and the Hardy Boys in a ladder match. I'm I'm hoping to see how that goes. Are That's we? Are we excited I am. about that? In 2022, I'm a little excited less about excited. Edge. Didn't, Come on, man. Just, I grew up in the didn't we just see it? We should be no. for Jeff Hardy. Let's be honest. He should be in no more ladder matches. No more. Okay. Yep. He is done. Right. Every like, time I see Jeff Hardy, I'm like, this takes us one step closer to him retiring. So I'm happy. Like, like, like honestly, I pay attention to how his wonton bombs are now compared to the last decade when he was at Impact Wrestling, I'm like, he's not turning He's not getting the full rotation. I'm always afraid he's gonna bust his head. He's like not doing that full 360. I'm like, I don't want him to be at 270 and risk anything. Like, (laughs) yeah, but All right, Jay, so what are you popping for then? Since nobody else is excited about the Hardy Boys on some ladders, what are you popping for? Oh, no, not what are you popping for. What are you excited for next week? Like honestly, I like I'm interested in just seeing how that tournament goes for that. Uh, I believe it's called like the Atlantic Championship. Oh, yeah, they have Atlantic. like the East Coast and like the European. Yeah, like I'm interested in seeing that happen, and like what I'm about to say it can probably be another podcast discussion itself. But I'll keep it brief. I just don't want AEW to end up having another WWE issue where there's too many titles. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, is this going to be like the last one for a while? Or are they going they got to the trio belts made already? So those are coming soon. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But my thought on that will be for another episode. But I am actually excited to see how that tournament. No, we we did a rundown. We put it in the group chat. Remember, did anybody see that in the group chat about how many belts? Really quickly, because this is amazing. AEW Championship. We're over, but go fast. I'll go fast. AEW Championship, TNT title, women's title, TBS title, AEW tag belts, the FTW, the Owen Hart's men and women's belts, the ROH belts, pure title, TV title, uh, Women's title, tag belts, the AAA title, the All Atlantic title, and the trios title are technically all in AEW. Not to mention the 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 Mexican AAA title tag belts ever also. Bro, made. like 
a good two thirds of those aren't AEW titles. They just are. Do we count the, re- do we count the re- right Ring of Honor titles or no? We got to count. The I don't Ring of Honor think titles. so. I think we, we wait to. and see it's what ends up happening show. with that. Yeah, there are well, no Ring of Honor shows. It's AEW. They all got to count. Samoa Joe's defending those belts on AEW TV. Right? Am I, I the only one that thinks they got to count? I think they got to count. No, they count right now. Yeah, they can. They can be adjusted when an ROH product really, you know comes to production but that's a yeah. lot of belts a lot, it's a lot of belts wrestling's always all right a lot of Elliot, belts. what okay. are you looking forward to next week <laughs> well uh i'm gonna i'm gonna summarize a couple of things just real quick because i know we're over um i'm looking forward we still it didn't get even mentioned this past wednesday but you know we still want to know what's going to happen it's i'm still i'm still a little curious I'm morbid curiosity if nothing else i'm going to see how that situation revolves next um what i'm not looking forward to this week is the but uh, but wishing the best the best wishes of is our friend justin traveling to california i i've been been, this guy was on the show before i was even on i caught one i caught to be on a show with him once and i've been following this man on twitter he is an artist he is a poet he is i'm just going to use the word genius because i've really enjoyed um the content that Justin has produced and he's going to keep producing it. Um, my man, I wish you the best in travels to California. I hope everything gets set up great. And uh, I know fortunately through social media, we'll, we'll be able to follow you from here on out. So that's my, he's my face of the week. Um, Miss mm-hmm. Santana, you're my face of the week too, because you're, your story is great, and I want to see you just keep on keeping on too. So I'm, uh, I'm doing a little bit of producing here as I'm bringing the show to a little bit of a close. And uh, my match of the week also, it was going to be an Osprey Ricochet match from Wrestle Kingdom 2017. It's really great, but go into a women's wrestling rabbit hole this weekend. Watch a lot of women's wrestling. Consume it all because it's fantastic. That's me. Good luck, Jay. Good luck, Jay. Wishing you the best, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. No, I think Megan's frozen. I think Megan's frozen. Megan's frozen. Oh my God. No. Ms. Santana, thank you so much. Yeah, we're um, going to close the show. Last, give one last plug for everything women's wrestling talk, everything, so we can close out this show. Google her. Google her name. Spell it right. Not and that you... part. The, 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 she can that's, close what, that's what, that's what no, she said to do. Tell, we know that to find out about her. Tell us everything that's coming up. Close this out in regards to where we can find everything that you're involved in not like your history but mm-hmm. where people should need to look for you uh you just go to women's wrestling talk uh wwe talk pod um on all social media platforms we will be having a impact after show tonight uh with me and my tag partner who cannot be here but if you're watching you better beat her uh we are the biggest heels the only heels in women's wrestling talk uh and the only tag too so yeah it doesn't get no bigger than us Thank you so, so much. We are going to close out the show. We're losing people. We're going to count it out. out. We're going to count it out like we always do. What the three count? One, two, three. See you next time.